Faith Church. I am so excited to be able to be with you. What a blessing. I cannot wait to actually be there in person one of these days, but at least right now we can be together uh, through video. And I know some of you are probably in the room there at the church. Some of you are in your homes, obviously. And uh, so I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, I had the privilege of working alongside of your pastors for several years, and I just have to tell you, you are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed to have the pastors that you have. Matthew and Amber are dear friends of ours. We continue to have such a great relationship with them and is so proud and so thankful for what God is doing in their lives and through them and through all of you. I know that I've met several of you uh, on the leadership team and uh, what a blessing to be a part. I do wanna make sure that I say hello not only to Matthew and Amber and I love both of you so much, so thankful for you and all that you mean to my wife and to myself and to our church here um, at New Hope. But I also wanna say hello to Alyssa I miss you. It is so good to be able to see some of the videos and some of the things that you're doing and the swimming and all the stuff that you're doing. Micah, I love you, buddy. I miss you so much. I miss giving you candy after church, and uh, I just love seeing the things that you're doing. And Annalise, you are just the sweetest. I am so excited every time I get to see you online on social media, and uh, I just want to say hello to all of you. So um, church, thanks so much for letting me be a part of this today, and um, we've been praying for you. I know that this has been a challenging season for all of us. Uh, someone said it this way, uh, we are all in the same storm. We might not all be in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm, and I know that we've been facing some things here in North Carolina, as you have in Kansas, and so uh, our prayers are with you as you are navigating those things. Your pastor began a series uh, several weeks ago called a series collection called The Illustrations of Jesus. And so I want to continue in that series today. And so the title of today's message is The Freedom of Forgiveness. The Freedom of Forgiveness. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to go there and we're going to look at one of the illustrations or one of the parables that Jesus told. And it has to do with forgiveness. And we're going to talk about the freedom of forgiveness. Let me tell you a story. While you're turning to Matthew chapter 18, let me tell you a story. When I was growing up, at one point we had a little, a cute little dog named Sheba. She was, I think, we, I think she was a cockapoo, like cock, cocker spaniel and, and poodle, I guess. So uh, anyway, that's what she was. And so uh, we had, and she was just a great little dog, but we had this fenced-in front yard, and I, she just had so much energy, and she would just uh, literally climb the fence. I mean, she'd kind of get a running start, and she'd climb the fence, and she'd jump over the fence and escape and run around the neighborhood. And so whenever we uh, were going to be gone for, you know, a little window of time, we had um, a, a tree in the middle of our yard, and we had a chain that was attached to the tree, and that chain gave her plenty of room to be able to roam around the yard and, and that kind of thing, but at least it would keep her, you know, within the yard. So we would, you know, chain her to her leash to the tree, and, and so she couldn't get out. We came home one day, and, and first of all, I'm going to tell you the story. Let me tell you the end of the story. Everything works out okay, and Sheba was just fine at the end. But it was, it was scary because um, when we chained her to the, the tree, we came home uh, one day, and she had tried to climb over the fence, and she barely got to the other side of the fence, and that 
that chain all of a sudden caught her. And so she was on two legs um, on the other side of the fence, but she was kind of, you know, and the chain was around her neck like this. And she, she was she was okay. She, she, she lived. Everything was fine, but it scared us. Um, but it was an illustration that I've never forgotten because of the, the obviously, the, the fear in that moment. But um, I've never forgotten that because I thought, you know, how true is it that sometimes there are things in life that we get chained by and we, we just feel like we can't go forward or we can't move on with life or we even feel restricted and we feel like you know maybe maybe the enemy or or something or somebody in life just kind of is holding us back and almost by the throat like we just can't have the freedom that we want to have in life I want to talk about that today how is it that you can get rid of these chains in your life one of those chains that holds us back in life is the chain of unforgiveness I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but unforgiveness is like a chain that is holding you back. I want to look at this story that Jesus tells, and it's in Matthew chapter 18. I'm reading out of the New International Version. And Jesus starts by having some conversation with his disciples and those that are around him. And Peter asks this great question. Um, And here's how how this whole thing starts. And then Jesus is going to shift right away into a parable. And he's going to talk about forgiveness. So let's catch it in uh, Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21. Let's pick up right there. The Bible says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? That's a great question, right? How many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? I mean, that sounds very uh, admirable of Peter to say, oh, you know what, Lord, I'm willing to do it this many times. Jesus answered and said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Or some of your Bibles might say 70 times seven. In other words, Jesus was challenging what Peter was saying. And in a way, Jesus began to kind of, in this parable, it's almost like he's posing a different question to Peter altogether. So Peter's saying, how many times should I forgive somebody who does me wrong? Jesus then tells this story, starting in verse 23. Jesus said this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, that's a lot of money, was brought into him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay, pay back everything. The servant's master took pity. Some of your translations might say this. He had compassion on him. He took pity on him. He canceled the debt and he let him go. Those words are very powerful because that really has to do with what forgiveness is all about. He canceled the debt and he let him go. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. In other words, This isn't much money at all, especially in comparison to what he had just been forgiven of. He found this fellow servant who owed him a hundred silver coins and he grabbed him and began to choke him and said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. 
His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. It's the same plea that the servant had given in the first place. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This, Jesus goes on to say, is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow, that's a pretty powerful statement that Jesus is making. Now here's what I love about this. Jesus had this incredible way of when he was faced with a difficult question, it seems like uh, maybe even a question that sometimes the Pharisees and, and Sadducees and scribes and different people, they would try to trip him up and ask him trick questions. In this case, it's, it's not a trick question. It's a sincere question, but Peter thinks he has the answer to something. And Peter says, in essence, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive somebody when they sin against me or when they do something wrong? And in a way, Jesus spins the whole thing around and in a way, he kind of asks Peter a different question. In other words, Jesus answered a question with a question. He did this all the time. Jesus answered a question with a question. So it's almost as if Peter says, how many times do I have to forgive somebody that does something wrong? And it's almost as if Jesus says to him, how many times do you want God to forgive you? <laughs> I mean, what a powerful question. Jesus never really made the statement of what the answer was, he, he made some strong statements, obviously. But in a sense, it's the question that really answers the question. So Peter says, how many times do I have to forgive other people when they do me wrong? Jesus says, well, how many times do you want God to forgive you? The obvious answer is every time. I mean, every time that I'm coming to God with, with a debt that I owe him, with, with sin, uh, a transgression, with iniquity in my heart, Every time that I come to God and, and desire and need his mercy and his forgiveness, then I truly desire that every single time that he would give me that mercy and forgiveness. And by the way, God does make that promise to you. And every time, can I just tell you this? Every time, in every situation, at every failure, whatever it is, any time and every time that you come to God for forgiveness, he willingly gives it to you. But what Jesus says is, you should do the same thing with other people around you, with the sins and the things that they do against you. That's not easy. You know, I think all of us as Christians, we know that we should forgive. I think the real question that we often have is, how do you do that? How do you walk in forgiveness? What I'd like to do today is I want to give you a few very practical steps toward forgiveness things that I think will help you to forgive other people. Let me ask you this question. When's the last time that someone did something wrong against you? When's the, when's the, when's the last time, or, or, or maybe it's not even recent, but what are some of the times in your life where people did you wrong? Where they, they 
crossed a line. They crossed a barrier. They, they did something in your life that wounded you, that hurt you. It was, it was wrong. Uh, there was pain that was involved in that. Now, we have varying degrees of this. I mean, someone cuts you off in traffic, that's wrong. But, you know, I don't know that it's the, the greatest moral thing that's ever happened in your life against you. Uh, but nonetheless, people do little things against us all the time that are wrong. But then sometimes there are bigger things. See, this is where it really gets deep in our hearts because when the big things happen, those are the things that really bring us a lot of pain and anguish. And sometimes, to be honest, it, it stays in there and it's, it's a wound that's really difficult to navigate. How do we forgive others when they do things that are wrong? It's easy to eventually, right, forgive the guy that cut you off, off in traffic, but how do you forgive the person that maybe abused you or, or said some very hurtful things to you or, or uh, really held you back at a time in your life where you needed that encouragement? How do, how do you forgive the absentee father? How do you forgive the mother that abandoned you? How do you forgive the people that have, have really sought to do damage in your life and have said all kinds of negative things about how do you forgive in those situations is it possible can you do that let me give you some very simple steps that I think will be helpful on this journey of forgiveness forgiveness is incredibly important and it's incredibly liberating but it is a very real process of faith so how do we do that let me give you five steps toward forgiving other people five steps toward forgiving other people number one Confess and repent of your own sins. This is incredibly important. If you are going to deal with uh, you know, forgiveness and, and try to forgive other people of their sins, it's a lot easier to navigate that when you're very aware of your own sins. It's easy for us sometimes to grade ourselves on the curve. We grade ourselves and judge ourselves by our intentions while we judge other people according to their actions. So we give ourselves the, a, a break. We, we kind of cut ourselves some slack, but we don't give that same mercy and grace to other people a lot of times. We have to be very honest about our own sins. Jesus, in this parable, he basically is, is saying this. He's saying, you know, you have to remember what you've been forgiven of. In order for you to forgive other people, it starts by you remembering what you've been forgiven of. And when we remember and recognize and, and it's really a daily process, isn't it? I mean, I come to God every day and there's always things that I have in my heart and, I'm, and I'm, I'm praying and I'm confessing these things to God. It's important that I confess. It's important that I repent. Confession and repentance is not just something that you do only on the day that you get saved. You do it every day from there on. Confession and repentance is a daily practice. It is something we do all the time. Because, you know, there's, there, there are actions that we take. There are attitudes that we have. There are things that we should do that we didn't do. There's all kinds of things. We are not perfect people. We are human beings. We make mistakes. In fact, we rebel at times and we cross over lines. We have to remember our own sins and also remember the grace and the forgiveness that God gave to us. You see, every time you confess your sins, the Bible says when you confess your sins to God, he's faithful and he's just and he will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But don't forget that that was an issue in your life and you came to God and he gave you forgiveness. That in and of itself will help you to navigate your way toward forgiving others is when you confess and you repent of your own sins. 
This is why I think it's so important when Jesus taught us to pray. Do you remember in, in Matthew 6, there's this uh, place in scripture where, where the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And one of the lines in the Lord's prayer is this. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do you see the connection there? Forgive me, Lord, for my sins. And in turn, that awareness is going to help me now forgive other people because it is that same forgiveness that you have given to me that now I can extend and give to other people. So confess your own sins and repent of your own sins. Deal with the, the as the Proverbs say, deal with the speck that is in your own eye before you try to deal with you know, what's in someone else's eye. It's that kind of mentality. So confess and repent of your own sins. That's a good first step to take in forgiving other people. Secondly, Pray for that person every day. Pray for that person every day. There may be a person, maybe there's multiple people in your life who have really done some significant things to you that, that were very hurtful, very painful, and you're having to navigate this bitterness of your soul, uh, this, this bondage that's kind of on the inside of you, this unforgiveness that you sense and that you feel. It's a very real feeling. Nobody's trying to argue that feeling away. Um, or even that circumstance or that reality. It happened. They crossed a line. They did something wrong. But if you begin to pray for them every day, can I just tell you, when you begin to pray for them and lift them up before the Lord, God will begin to give you compassion. He'll begin to give you pity for them. He will help you to begin to see them in a different way, from a different perspective. You'll begin to understand maybe their perspective in life and, and the hurts and the pains that they're navigating in life and why it is that they have reacted in such a way or why there's so much uh, hatred or whatever it is inside of their own soul. Why is that? Well, God will give you compassion and let you begin to see those things, but it happens when we lift people up in prayer. It's not easy to pray for someone that has done wrong to you. Oh, but it is so good for your soul because it's a way that you're taking a step toward forgiving others. Lift them up in prayer every day. Lift them up before God, pray for them, pray for their family, pray that God blesses them, pray that, that God would, would do a work in their own heart, a work that you can't do. You can't correct everybody and, and, and try to uh, right every wrong that they've done. It's not even your responsibility, but what you can do is bring them before God. God is a just God. He can take care of their heart a lot better than what you can. So pray for them every day. There's another practical step. Here's number three. Remember that forgiveness is a decision, but healing is often a process. Forgiveness is a decision, but healing is often a process. It's important that you understand the difference between forgiveness and healing. Sometimes we think that, well, if I forgive them, well, then I should be able to walk away from that and my heart should be okay and I shouldn't feel any more pain anymore and I should feel like I'm, I'm, I'm over this thing, but I just don't, that's not how I feel. Forgiveness and healing are two different things. Forgiveness is, is a decision that you make. In fact, it's probably not just one decision. You probably get up every morning and keep making that decision. It's not like you just are one and done. You decide it and then it's done. At least that's not how it worked in my life. I mean, I had to get up every single day and come back to the Lord because every day it's like my heart wanted to take offense and to take back up that offense, but every day I made a decision. Every day I made a decision to forgive and to release. But it doesn't mean that I still didn't have healing that needed to take place. Healing is a process that takes some time. Make a decision to forgive, but give, 
give yourself time to process the, the healing and all of the things that need to go to bring restoration to your soul. That, that's, a, that's a whole different process. But forgiveness is a decision that you make. And you can make that decision on a daily basis. Okay, so confess and repent of your own sins. Pray for that person every day. Remember that forgiveness is a decision, but healing is often a process. Number four, these are talking about steps toward forgiving other people. Number four, when appropriate, seek reconciliation. When it's appropriate, seek reconciliation. Now, this, this is quite a process that's, that's here. The first part of forgiveness, forgiving other people, is letting God do a work inside of you, inside of your own heart. Now, at a certain point, once that healing begins to happen, once you be, get to a particular point, then you can, at times, you can take that step toward reconciliation where you actually can go to that person, you have a conversation. Now listen, if you still have bitterness and anger, it is not helpful for you to go and to say, I just want to tell you how you hurt me. I just want to tell you how much pain that you gave to me. If, if, if that's your conversation, you're not looking for forgiveness. You're just looking to make them feel bad for what they did. That's, that's, not, the, that's not a godly conversation. So what we want to do is we want to allow God to bring peace in our own hearts and then when we're truly ready for reconciliation and restoration of a relationship, then oftentimes we can go to that person and we can have a really godly and mature and sincere and humble conversation with them that allows things to be talked about, allows reconciliation to take place. Now listen, there are some times where that cannot and should not happen. Sometimes you can't go back to the person. Maybe that person isn't even alive anymore. Maybe that person is not a part of your life anymore. Maybe it was a toxic relationship and you don't need to go back and have healing of a relationship, but you still need to navigate forgiveness in your own soul. So it doesn't mean that you have to go back to every single relationship and, and make it right. If there was abuse, if there was those kinds of things, you don't need to go chasing after everybody else to try to bring healing to a relationship. But what you do need to do is to navigate your own soul. But when possible, then you seek out reconciliation. To the degree that you can do that, you want to be able to be at peace with everyone in your life. So when it's appropriate, you seek reconciliation. And number five, and I love this, this is what, freed, what forgiveness does, it helps us to walk in freedom. You get to walk in freedom. That is your, your step, your process of walking in forgiveness is that now you get to walk in freedom. You see, once I've come before the Lord and I've confessed my own sins before God, once I have humbled myself before God and I've been praying for this other person, see, God's been giving me love and compassion and he's been helping me my heart and I'm not as bitter anymore and all these things. Once all that's happening on the inside, then I can begin to take steps toward reconciliation and, and seeing that there's opportunities maybe that I can bring, uh, in some cases, some, some healing to the actual relationship. Understanding, too, that healing takes time. Forgiveness is a decision, but healing takes time. Once all of these things happen, as I'm navigating toward forgiveness and fully allowing that to be manifest in my life, then I begin to walk in freedom. Here's what forgiveness does for you. Freedom comes when you forgive other people when you forgive others you're setting yourself free listen to that when you forgive others you're setting yourself free you're setting yourself free do you remember my dog sheba my dog that was chained to the tree 
and couldn't go very far. And when she got to the end of that chain, it halted her right there where she was. And it was kind of bringing a, a, a choking to her. In the same way, if you are holding on to things, picture this for just a second. Imagine all of the people in your life who have ever hurt you. I, I want you to think now about several different situations in your life. Think about a lot of different people that have done wrong things. Now I want you to imagine something. Imagine now there's a, 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 an invisible chain that when that person did something wrong to you, then that chain was attached to you. And now you have a chain around you and it's attached to that person who did something wrong to you. It's attached to that situation, to that hurt, to that pain, to that circumstance, to that wound. Think about this. Every person who has ever wounded you, they there's an attachment, there's a chain that takes place in your life and to your soul. Forgiveness is when one by one, you release yourself from those chains. You say, Pastor, I just don't know if I could set that person free. Listen, let God deal with that person. What you want to do, though, is you do want to set yourself free. And if you have not extended forgiveness to others, then to the degree that you're still holding on to bitterness in your own soul and holding on to unforgiveness and you're refusing to forgive to the degree that you refuse to forgive, to that same degree, you are bound by chains to that event, to that circumstance, to that hurt, and even to that person. You need to be set free. You need to be set free. It's not easy to walk in forgiveness toward others, is it? But yet, God helps us as we navigate toward forgiveness. We confess and repent of our own sins. We pray for that person every day, and God's working in our hearts, isn't he? We remember that forgiveness is a decision, but healing is a process. So give yourself some time to process this through thoroughly before God. And then when it's appropriate, you can seek rec reconciliation. If you can't do that with that person, you can still seek reconciliation with God and make it right with God. That's really what matters the most. And so you can release that person to God and let him take care of it. And then you can walk in freedom. You see, at that point, now you're not chained any longer, and you can walk in freedom. You can now go everywhere that God desires for you to go, and you're not being held back by bitterness and unforgiveness in your life. You say, Pastor, what if I can't forgive that other person? I mean, what if what they have done was so hurtful and so deep that I just, I just, I can't see it. I just can't see my way into forgiving that other person. For, the first thing that I want to say is this, and I, I say this in love. I say this very humbly. But forgiveness is never a matter of I can't. Forgiveness is always a matter of I won't or I will. It's not a matter of I can't. Now, you might need help. In fact, I know that you're going to need help. But this is where God comes in. There was a time in my life where I faced an extremely difficult situation. I was uh, deeply, deeply hurt. I was betrayed by a very close friend. And if I'm honest, I could tell you several different stories in my life where things like this have happened. There's one particular occasion that 
was, was, was deeply, deeply hurtful. And I found myself feeling things that I've never felt before. I found myself uh, at a very dark place in my soul. I felt things I had never felt before and I thought things that I had never thought before. I remember coming to God a lot and asking him to take this pain away, asking him to intervene and change this situation. I remember, though, getting really honest with God. And I remember in my prayer, I remember being very honest and saying, God, I just want to be honest right now. I'm scared to say this. I don't even want to say it. I've never felt hatred before. I've never, God, I have never hated anybody before. But that's what I feel. That's what's in me right now. I hate that person. And I remember feeling like I was being very honest. It, it was difficult. I was crying. It was just, it was hard. And I finally said it. What was in my heart this whole time, I finally said it. God, I hate that person. And then God, it's almost like he just whispered back to me and he said, you don't hate that person. And I said, God, I, I'm trying to be honest about what I'm feeling and what's going on. And I'm just telling you that's, I mean, I'm not proud of it. I'm just telling you that's what's going on. I, that's what I have in me. I have hate in me and I don't know what to do. God said, you don't hate that person. You love that person. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud. I said, I know what love feels like and that is not love. But then God spoke to me and he whispered to me and he said, you love that person, but your love has been hurt and offended. And then God showed me something. I've never forgotten this image in all my life. I want you to imagine this. It was almost a vision that I saw. I saw a clear pitcher of water, crystal clear, beautiful, sparkling clean water, this beautiful pitcher of water. I, I saw it. And I knew, in a second, I just knew, that picture was me. It represented my life and my heart and my soul. And that water was, was kind of the inside of me and, and, and what was on the inside of me. It was crystal clear. It was beautiful. And then I saw there was like a, a, a hand that came over and there was a, a, like this, this vial that was poured out. There was this very dark liquid. It was almost like it was just an ink of some kind that was just a couple of drops that were just placed in that water. And I watched as this very dark, thick, ink-like liquid was dropped into that water and, and that crystal clear water, all of a sudden I saw the swirling around and I saw the movement of this darkness of this ink that had taken place. And with the swirling of the water, all of a sudden now that crystal clear water was left very dark and very cloudy. And I knew exactly what that meant. God had just shown me what had happened. I deeply loved that person but then this wound came in, this betrayal came in, this hurt came in. And it was at that moment that my love became offended and hurt. It wasn't my fault, but it happened. So then God showed me and he said, I want to put a filter on your heart and in your soul. A filter. 
and I want, and it was like he was saying this to me, and I want to take your heart and I want to take this, all of the impurities that are in your life, all of the hatred, all of the things that you're feeling, all of the pain, I want to filter that through a process. And in due time, I'm going to clarify and bring back the purity of the love that you have for that person. And so I said, Lord, if you can do that in my heart, then I want to open myself up and let you do that. Can I just tell you, I came before the Lord and I did these steps. This is what I did. I confessed and repented of my own sins. Yes, they had done a lot of things that were wrong and there were some big things and, and I could have, if I wanted to, start comparing, well, I'm not as bad as that person, but that's not what I did. I just said, God, I want you to take care of my own heart. I'm confessing and repenting my own sin. And then I began to pray for that person every day. I lifted that person up before the Lord every day. And then I began to remember that forgiveness is a decision and I just came to the Lord and made that decision every day. Lord, I don't feel it right now, but I'm choosing to forgive that person. Help me. Bring healing to me in your time. I can't control that time, but I can control the decision that I'm making today and I choose. I choose to forgive. Even if I don't have the feelings and the emotions and the thoughts, I choose to do it. I choose to forgive. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. And then I had an opportunity where I was able to begin to make reconciliation. Now listen, by the time that I was taking that step, God had already brought so much healing in my heart. But then when I took that step, then that healing went to so much of a deeper level. But can I just tell you, I was able to walk in freedom simply because I extended forgiveness. It wasn't easy, and it definitely wasn't quick. But it was so meaningful and so pure and so right in my heart. You know, only God can do that. Here's what I love about forgiveness, and, and you have to catch this if you don't catch anything else. How is it that we can forgive other people? It's God's love. God's love is what compels and empowers us to forgive others. It's God's love. When we know how much God loves us and how much he's forgiven us, then in turn, we're able to take of that love, all of that wonderful love, and now we can extend that out toward others. The same love that we receive from God, we can give to others. The same forgiveness we've received from God, we can give to others. He gives us so much that we have plenty to go around. You can forgive the people in your life. It might take a process. It might take some time. It might demand a lot from your own soul. But can I tell you, it's worth it. Your freedom is worth it. If you want to walk in freedom in your life, extend forgiveness toward others. Martin Luther King Jr. faced a lot of hate in his life. A lot of injustice, not only as an individual, but as a person who is representing a, a group of people, a, a, a mass amount of people who frankly are still facing a lot of injustices today. But Martin Luther King Jr. said these words, and I may not be quoting this exactly perfectly, but this is in essence what he said. He said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love is strong enough to do that. Only love is strong enough to do that. See, God's love is what compels us to forgive other people. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says this. Ephesians 4, 32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. 
If you want to forgive other people, just remember what God has done for you. You know who is the perfect example of forgiveness and extending forgiveness? Jesus. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Jesus, now in a minute we're going to take communion. I want to encourage you, if you have your elements, get those things ready because we're going to take communion together. And I'm so thankful to be able to do this. What a perfect way to wrap this up. Think about this. Jesus, when he came to the earth, he lived as a human being, being divinely God. He came and he lived as a, as a man, as a human. And he took our sins. Think about this. Yes, there's been a lot of things, a lot of sins that have been against you. But I want you to understand something. Only so many sins have been done against you personally. Now, there might be a lot, but there's only so many. That's a limited number. But every single sin that's ever been committed ever against anybody is ultimately a sin against God. God, in the form of Jesus, took all of those sins. All of them were against him. All of them. All of your sins, all of the other people's sins around you, Jesus took all of them. He took them to his cross. He paid the price with his own blood. And some of the last words that Jesus said on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Jesus gave forgiveness and grace to you. He gave forgiveness and grace to me. And not only did he give it so I could receive it, he gave it so I could give it to others. It's one of the most Christ-like things that you can do in your life is to forgive someone else. You have the power to do that, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit and you need God's love to compel you to do that. Today as we come to the table of the Lord, we come to this place of communion I'd like for you to take the bread that you have and just to hold that as a represent a representation of the body of Jesus that was broken for you. The Bible says that he was wounded, he was pierced, he was bruised, and because of the stripes that he bore in his body, the pain, the, all the things that he endured physically, because of those things, he did that so we could receive healing in our own bodies. Now, if you need healing, Maybe it's physical healing, but maybe it's healing in your soul. Maybe it's healing from these wounds. Maybe it's healing from the pain. Listen, there's a difference between a wound and a scar. Some of you still have wounds in your hearts. What, what I mean by that is it still hasn't healed yet. It's okay to have scars. We all have scars. A scar means that there's healing that's taken place. But a wound is something that still needs the healing touch of God. Whatever that is, Jesus paid the price and he said by his stripes, you are healed. Father, I thank you right now for bringing healing to my sisters and brothers, wherever they are, whatever they have faced, whatever pain that they're walking through, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or in any way. I thank you, Lord, that we can receive healing because of what Jesus has done for us. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Receive of the bread together. And then the cup, which represents the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, aren't you thankful that Jesus shed his blood? When he went to the cross, he took your sins, he took my sins, he carried them on his cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. 
And in his blood, he cleansed us of all unrighteousness. He made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not that we earned it or deserved it. He just simply gave it. So, Father, today we come to you remembering that we ourselves are sinners. We have done wrong. We have transgressed. We have iniquity in our own hearts. Sure, Lord, there are a lot of people that have done wrong things to us. But, Lord, we come to you responsible for our own souls. And we thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven us. Today we receive forgiveness. We receive your love so graciously and lavishly poured out. We receive that by faith. We thank you, God, that you forgive us, you cleanse us of all unrighteousness, and you make us to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, as we receive this, we pray that you would not only empower us to receive forgiveness, but empower us to give forgiveness to others. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Let's receive together. It's so powerful. When we do this in remembrance of the Lord, and what he's done. Isn't it amazing how the love of God is so richly poured out in our lives? Can I just encourage you, if you're facing some pain, if you're facing some hurts in your past and things that have taken place, it's not always easy to forgive other people. And to be honest, the deeper the wound, probably the more intentional you're gonna have to be about the process. But nevertheless, God can and he will help you to receive forgiveness and to give that to others. Listen, I wanna again thank you so much for letting me have the privilege to come and to speak to you, to encourage you today and to give you some hope. I just wanna tell you that we're praying for you. We, we are thanking God so much for what he's doing in your life and in your church and in your community. And would you mind as we close, if I just speak this prayer of blessing over you? This is what I pray, just receive this right now. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my sisters and brothers that you would bless them in every way. Bless their community, bless their church, bless their leadership, bless their families, bless their souls. Lord, I thank you that we can walk with the presence of God and the hope of Jesus Christ and the love of God that is so richly poured out in us. Help us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Hey, thanks so much. I'm so thankful to be able to have this opportunity. I just want you to know we love you. We're praying for you. And please remember this, that with Jesus, there's always hope.